Hello and welcome to another episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Thank you, as always, for selecting, clicking, playing this podcast. It's super appreciated. It's available on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts and RSS.com. So if you've listened to it on any of those, again, thank you so much. And don't forget to hit the notification button so you can be notified when a new episode is uploaded. Here on this episode, though, because it's coming up to Christmas, I've got a number of like kind of ideas throwing around, trying to put something, piece something together to, well, bring you enough uh, content to see us, see us through the, uh, the festive period, because it's one of the best times of the year isn't it this Christmas time kind of got some ideas about going over and revisiting some of my favourite Christmas films uh, also going to be looking at doing my favourite films of this year and there's been so many fantastic releases so that'll be interesting and uh, and yeah hopefully get something out for you in the meantime I did recently catch Encanto as well at the cinema which is a very enjoyable Disney Pixar film sadly no podcast episode regarding that so do check it out though uh, the film itself is another great addition and it's the 60th release for Disney animation so Really, really fun and enjoyable film. Really lovely. Anyways, back to this podcast episode because, like I say, a few ideas floating here and there of what I could do over this time. And I do kind of revisit and watch a lot of my favourite films or just big blockbusters that we you know came out around this time or just, just those big, big, big films. And from 2015 until 2019, it was, um, we got a lot of Star Wars films, didn't we? You know, the Star Wars sequel trilogy was announced. We got it, this, that and the other. And uh, this podcast could make or break my podcast. So apologies in advance because... I thought I'd just dive in and go over, you know, the Star Wars sequel trilogy and discuss it because I'm a massive Star Wars fan, a huge Star Wars fan, loved it growing up. So many action figures back at my mum's house uh, up in the attic. It's so, so, so cool to revisit them at times and look at these figures, which I would love to bring back to my new place. But yeah, massive fan, you know, just so excited when they announce these sequel films. But as we know, and as we're going to probably go over, the sequels kind of just, you know, were a bit of a bumpy ride. Um, It was just such a, yeah flat ending in a way like i i think that each film has something you know some quality in there some really really fantastic you know visuals and such as they do the cgi is on point the cinematography is on point you know but we can you could probably point out where it went wrong and, and i would say that it all came down to the fact they had different you know different directors and such lined up for these films and the story wasn't you know cohesive and it just i don't know they just ran with what they could do at the at the time i guess i'm not sure um so yeah of course obviously when it was first announced it was so exciting though wasn't it like let's be honest when they when they finally when when the when the empire that is disney took over you know lucasfilm and started working on these these new set of films we were all looking forward to them let's be honest we were so pumped for more star wars because you can remember at the time when the the prequel trilogy was announced and the fact when the phantom menace came out good lord like for me that was like peak star wars like obviously i for, for me that's me growing up like you know for me experiencing star wars is like this great great film saga uh, with all this huge fan base, you know, Phantom Menace when that came out was just extraordinary for me. Like I, said, I got the sticker collection, so many again action figures. Uh, I actually completed my sticker book. It's the only sticker book I've ever completed, so have that. Um, but you know, of course, there was so much of the, there was so much merchandise, and I always say that one of George Lucas's greatest mistakes was the fact that he killed off Darth Maul in the first film. Definitely should have brought him back, and I do believe he was saying that in his original sequel trilogy plans that he was going to bring back Darth Maul, which I would have loved to have seen because what a villain! That, that for me, like just on a side note, like the, the prequel, they should have kept Darth Maul in as the main baddie for like all of the films, I think, and they could have worked around the whole Anakin origin and Anakin Darth Vader story. Just fit around it. I know that the Clone Wars as well did a fantastic job with their last season of, you know, and, and of course Darth Maul comes back in that. But the the last season of Clone Wars, you know, arguably some like the one of the best things that Star Wars 
Wars. And so one of the best things that's come from Star Wars. Um, but no, like I said, when I was growing up, you know, Phantom Menace, when all that came out, the prequel trilogy was just amazing. So I, I kind of had like a similar like feel to it because I was a lot older now when the sequel trilogy was coming out. I was able to, you know, like go to the midnight launches and such and just experience this like fun fanfare of just like, I don't know, Star Wars hype. And, and that's the thing. We got so brought in on that hype of the of the Force Awakens anyways. I think that each year as the films went on, I would say that there was still hype there, but probably not as much as that first one. Because when the Force Awakens dropped, oh my word, it was just, what a time to be alive, eh? And the Force Awakens, you know, I'm, I'm going to go over these films just like quite, not generically, but I'm going to go over as like just, as not like one, but we'll go through it anyways. And the Force Awakens for me, like I, I, it's definitely my my favorite of of the of the sequel trilogy, and I would say that's probably the same for for the most. I mean, granted, I know there's arguments there that it's very very uh, beat for beat of of the original. It relies too much on nostalgia, and it just feels like a new hope all over again. But it does and it doesn't for me. Like I think that there are yes, there are those moments, and you're like very like oh yeah, that's just like this the same that happens in a New Hope or whatever. But I don't know. I just loved what they did with these characters, and at the time as well. Obviously, you know, you've got like these leads that are in. You've got a female lead, strong female character again for the Star Wars franchise, which is great. You know, Ray's character so good, and Daisy Ridley does a, man, a, a fantastic performance. And if we just focus on on Ray for a moment, you know, like she is the driving force of this sequel trilogy. The the, the sequel trilogy revolves around her character and I think for most part she is she's pretty good she's she's like I said like for me I, I don't I didn't see any major issues with with her performance but with her character and her her arc and to, to, to what happens with her obviously there's a few issues there and a few well many fans obviously picked up on it especially I, I don't think many liked what they did with the character especially in like The Last Jedi which we'll come to over this podcast but you know by the time The Rise of Skywalker comes out I think we were all just kind of like oh forget what we know like it's just it's it's kind of irrelevant now like I think that it was just so like just yeah chopping and changing it just seemed to uh well it did my head in so I'd imagine it did a, a fair few Star Wars fans in but I'm not one of those people that have run straight to the internet and just like slate it like as a creative piece I try and I always try and see positives in things but this podcast is probably going to go down some like more dislikes than than anything but there are definitely things in this in this uh in this sequel trilogy that i love and having daisy ridley uh ray's character in this is definitely one of my highlights i think that she's amazing her and bbh relationship as well but also just her interactions especially with leia i think is just absolutely fantastic work and you could tell there was a great bond between carrie fisher and daisy ridley as well and and obviously behind the scenes as well you know carrie fisher taking her to one side and just saying look your life is pretty much going to change forever now that you're in this film this is pre obviously the release of force awakens so you can definitely feel that connection between them both which obviously is very very easy to to see on on screen as well especially when it comes to obviously the tragic passing of carrie fisher and how they handled that in rise of skywalker i think that it was obviously that was handled really well but you know you could definitely feel that emotion from from daisy ridley especially in that last film and then moving on to other characters and actors we also have john boyega as well i just loved having John Boyega in, in this film. And, and it, I mean, we'll talk a bit about his character, you know, Finn's character, because I don't know what they did to him. Uh, and I'm not surprised that John Boyega slags this, the sequel trilogies, because what, why, why? Like, come on. I mean, they did such a unique and, like, great... Um, like character introduction for him, this character development, this this something that we'd not seen before in a Star Wars film. Someone that was, you know, it, it was a stormtrooper at the end of the day. He was, it was obviously they've moved away from the, the the side of the clones and such, and actual having, um, you know, 
people, to quote, as stormtroopers, having his, again, that, 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 that kind of breakaway from that and, and the possibilities of having this guy that was on the bad side turn into the good side, that's a kind of running theme, you know, good and evil throughout the Star Wars films, as Bob should expect. But, like, what a great that introduction to his character to then just waste it like they do. Um, you know, they did, sorry. It's just, it's quite staggering. Like, I like the whole relationship with Captain Phasma. Again, a bit of a, I don't know, side character really that was in it for a little bit. And then obviously they have their kind of big battle in, in The Last of Jedi between one another. And, you know, there's there's that always kind of like superiority between Captain Phasma and um and finn obviously like it's it's always kind of like she was in charge and then him breaking away it was like very personal for her and there was a lot of things they could have done with that that could have been something again that was kind of running through yes they got their kind of big end in the last jedi but i still think it could have been saved maybe for the rise of skywalker just to give finn something else to do because we'll talk again as i say a bit more about his character as we go on but it's just such a shame so the what they had to start with with finn um, to where it got to is is yeah a real real shame um, and obviously Oscar Isaac as well as Poe again a great addition to the cast great actor as well Oscar Isaac so really nice to see him in a Star Wars film um, we're going to talk a lot about Adam Driver I would suspect over this course of the podcast as well but it goes without saying that absolutely loved him as Kylo Ren so we'll leave it there for that I'm, I'm just yeah what a what a complex villain and and there's you know again stuff that happens with him that fans and such online and a lot over the world were just very like iffy about but I think if anyone like I've mentioned before Adam Driver and, and Daisy Ridley really steal the show in this sequel trilogy like this new ensemble this new generation of cash and you throw in the old the old and reliable sources as well you know that the, the, the infamous you know Harrison Ford you know, you've also got Carrie Fisher and, and Mark Hamill as well in there. Obviously, albeit he's only in it for a little bit in the first one. Just, it felt like a good mix. Like, it felt like something something special was happening. And sadly, albeit it felt special at the time, when you look back, there are certain things that you can think, mm. this, the, 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 that special, to air quote, theme around Star Wars definitely went a little bit in the sequel trilogy. Um by the time the third one came out, I think that we were all kind of like nervous about what the Rise of Skywalker was going to do. And I think that like, as many people have said already, Rise of Skywalker was just pure damage control. Like it was kind of like everything that Ray- Rian Johnson did with The Last Jedi, JJ was kind of steering it away from that, um, which I think was just the biggest mistake. And, and as you can see, I'm kind of like, you know, fleeting from here to there. I've just been talking about The Force Awakens. Now we're already talking about comparing what they did with the last two kind of thing. But we have to really, because we're talking as a whole about the sequel trilogy. You know, it's 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 quite sad in a way that it did end up going down this route because obviously the original plan was for JJ to direct the first one, Rian to direct the uh, the second one as he did. And then the third one was going to be Colin Trevorrow. And I was so excited to see what he was going to do with his, with, with his Star Wars film on the back of his work with Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, sorry. Because I feel like he would have definitely had like a good addition, a good voice to have. And, you know, I, I just feel like bringing JJ back, it was almost like, okay, well, we should have guessed as fans what was going to happen, really. They were like... He did it really well. People liked his film. The first one was great. Like Everyone loved it. It brought the box office, this, that, and the other. If The Last Jedi stayed away too far from what fans were expecting, let's bring him back in to kind of rein it in. And it makes me respect The Last Jedi more, 
does the Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker is for, for like it's it's it is enjoyable. I'm not going to sit here and say it's the worst film ever. It's not my least favorite Star Wars film at all. I think that on different levels it could be on different you know different ways of looking at it. Yeah, it could be, but it's still a Star Wars film. It still has moments in there that I absolutely adore and I think are really really good. Great to be seen on screen and they do a lot with the characters that I weren't expecting. Granted, the whole Ray heritage did my absolute head in. Like when you start with a character that's come from nothing in the sense of like we don't really know too much about her she's just this girl that was on Jakku this like desolate planet you know scavenging this that and the other no real you know knowledge of her own background or, or her heritage kind of thing you know there's always that kind of like speculation and fan theories around it and there's a, there were a lot of fan theories when The Force Awakens came out even before The Force Awakens came out I mean don't get me started on the Knights of Ren. What a waste of time they were. <laughs> um, but when you've got this character who's very mysterious, like we don't really know anything about her, and then lo and behold, in Last Jedi, it's revealed that she's come from nothing. I didn't mind it. Uh, everyone was like, she's an Obi-Wan. She's, I don't know, like, she could be a Palpatine. She's a Yoda. Don't you know what I mean? Like, everyone was like, she's this or this or this. Um, and it just got a bit tiring, didn't it? Let's be honest. And I liked what Rian did. He was like, I see your expectations. I hear your theories. However, you are wrong. And I really don't get why people hated The Last Jedi as much as they did. Like, to an extent, I I think the change was needed. The The formula for Star Wars was getting, like, just just a bit samey. Like, not in a bad way. Like, like obviously not, because The Force Awakens, like, slam-dunked its way through, like, the box office and smashed, you know, so much records that... It surprised me that when The Last Jedi just just went a little bit, just a different way, don't get me wrong, the Casino Planet situation with Finn and Rose, holy hell, what a waste of just runtime. Cut that out, do something different. It just didn't make sense. And of course, that whole love story that went nowhere between Finn and Rose, just uh, why? Another character, just on a side note, that was heavily, like, wasted of course was rose like what they did to her in rise of skywalker i thought was just flat out rude like to just have this character that was so heavily involved in the last jedi and again this is what annoyed me because people hated her so much on the internet that jj was like he must have just been sat there just looking at people's just tweets just being like right well we'll take this person out of this film then because they clearly don't like her we'll remove her and i was like why why are you doing this? Like she's she she was in it. Obviously, she's in Rise of Skywalker, but she's just like here I am. She's in the background. It's like yep, yeah, I'm still here. No, yeah, okay. Hugs at the end, everyone. It, why did you? Why? A lot. JJ, I think JJ is a great film director, great creator, and and like I say some of the stuff he's done. Like I love. You know, he's worked with Cloverfield. Obviously, what he did with Star Trek as well was just incredible. The first one, and then this. Some some level, I was like, ah, just. What have you done? I even said before the Rise of Skywalker. I, I remember sitting in this packed-out midnight screen in the Rise of Skywalker, and I, you know, sat there with my mate, and there's you know this guy sat next to me, and I remember mumbling to myself, "Come on, JJ, don't let me down here." And this guy next to me was like, "You're telling me right?" Like the fingers crossed. And I think at the end I was like, "Yeah, it was." I feel a little bit underwhelmed or a little bit like taken back about what's just happened, and it just I feel like the Rise of Skywalker was the most Disney film. If you know what I mean, like, you know, when you think about, because we've not long had Endgame and it was very, again, you know, that was a huge, huge deal. I feel like that Disney and co and Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy and such really wanted this film to be the Endgame of Star Wars. And yes, they tried. Um, but sadly, I think they failed massively. 
there were so many things that they did wrong with Rise of Skywalker. Like it was just, I've seen people online saying about it's like just constant side quests. When you're playing a game and it's constant side quests, like we've got to go to this 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 place, that place, this place again, da 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 da. I get it. I, I can see that. And I would agree to an extent, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole story of, you know, when they meet Lando on that planet, which again is great fun. Like, don't get me wrong. Like some of the, some of the, 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 like the, the almost like car chase sequence when they're being chased down by these new flying stormtroopers and, and whatnot. And there's paint flying everywhere. This and the other great to watch. Don't get me wrong. Visually stunning. Loved it. Thought it was a lot of fun, but it did, like I said, feel a bit un like, I don't know, not, not unnecessary, but it was just looking for this, like Wayfinder or whatever to 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 find the Sith planet, which again I I, I do apologise that I am going here there and everywhere because you know it is I'm trying to talk about the sequel trilogy as a whole, but so much of it is so focused on how poorly it was executed that I feel like I'm just sat here just being like nah nah nah. But no, I, I like I said I do like these films, like I do enjoy that. I, I enjoy all Star Wars films, but the one thing the sequel trilogy did for me is it made me appreciate the prequel trilogy so much more. Like I. Again, I don't, I don't loathe much Star Wars, um, you know, films or whatever, except Solo, a Star Wars story, because again, just, just throw that in the bin. But like, I, I really had trouble with Attack of the Clones as a film. I thought it was such a, uh, just a, again, a bit of a mess, but not as much of a mess as what the sequel trilogy films came out to be. And that's because George, it was George Lucas's vision, no interference. It's what he wants to do. It's his story. He wanted to just present, you know, these prequel stories of, of showing us and, and learning more about Anakin and why he turns to the dark side and just how it got to that point and learning more about the Jedi Order and such. And I think that although it did become a little bit too space politics and especially the first one christ you know there is still a, an overarch and a cohesive story whereas in the sequel trilogy it was just like oh my god like we've we've written ourselves into a hole what do we do uh, i don't know like razor palpatine i just why like why like i didn't i did I, again just too much fan service and and you could i i don't know who to blame for that who is to blame for that i think that jj had such a fantastic first running with the force awakens loved pretty much all of that film i think that everything was done right and this is why i went in my recent podcast about ghostbusters i was mentioned about ghostbusters afterlife and how it did such a better job of respecting the original films but then obviously making it new and fresh for a new audience or you know bringing in these new characters that it's so much better probably than what the star wars sequel trilogy did and then it did because it was like right we know that this is a hugely iconic film for so many people it was massive this and the other we respect it we will learn from that we will utilize a lot from it but we won't kind of be too afraid to do and try different things whereas i think that yeah the force awakens does try a few different things there's a few things in there that was like oh, that's very jj you know like his blue tinge or whatever or like the, the 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 way that he likes to to shoot certain sequences or just some of the cgi monsters in there i was like yeah that's that's a very jj thing um but like it then just played it safe way too much like way way too much we had a death star in there Obvious, well, we've got a new big bad as well. Obviously, Kylo Ren, which Adam Driver's performance is so good. Him and Daisy Ridley. A few of my friends felt that Daisy Ridley in the second one in particular was just like reading lines rather than actually acting them, which I, I don't know. Let me know your thoughts on that. But her and Adam Driver are really the saving grace of this trilogy. I, I think that they did such a good job. But just back what I was saying about playing it safe too much, obviously this this new big bad, obviously Kylo Ren, is very like, you know, he's nostalgic, and not nostalgic, but he's, you know, in line with being the next Vader. So, you know, there's that kind of background as well, which I feel like was, again, wasted because it was like, so why did Kylo Ren, if he's the son of Han Solo and Princess Leia, why did he turn to the dark side? Oh, well, this, this villain called Snoke kind of like, you know, manipulated him into this, that and the other. And it was again. I was like, I was expecting so much more from it. Like I was expecting to see 
a lot more about his turn. And I, I'm, I'm not saying that we should have got like a trilogy to see that or anything, or you know, but they could have rather than just seeing that just that sequence of Luke, which uh, why just again like the sequence of Luke almost wanting to kill his own like nephew. Excuse me, what? Like, so you, you went in to watch him sleep or at least just check in on him and then you felt that presence of the dark side around him and your first thought is to just whip out your lightsaber and, like, in a moment think, I need to... No, like, no, not a chance. Like, I, I, I don't buy it. Like, if anyone who's learned from them... I mean, we spent a whole... It's obviously his trilogy, Luke's trilogy, of, of when he realises, obviously, that Darth Vader is his dad... Not once is he like genuinely wanting to. Like, well, there's an argument you could say he does want to take him down to an extent. Cause he does like unleash his like rage, and he could easily be corrupted to turn to the dark side after taking his, you know, dad down and nearly killing him there and then in front of the emperor kind of thing. But like he wanted him to turn good. You know, what I mean, he was he was like, I'm not going to fight you, father. I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to fight you. This and the other until he's really, really like baited into attacking his attacking and, and fighting back kind of thing. So why on earth would he do that? Like, why on earth would he simply try or at least think for a moment or for a second, however long, why would he think, right, the right thing to do in this situation is to kill my nephew? And then just go back to Adam Leia and be like, sorry, guys, too much Sith in him. How to be put down? Like, are you kidding? I, I, I mean, that, there's things in The Last Jedi that were stupid, that really stupid. The casino planet, Luke's exile to an extent, because I, I get it, because it kind of reminds me of the whole Yoda situation, because Yoda does that as well. He flees, obviously, and lives at Dagobah for however long after the, the whole, you know, fall of the Jedi Order and such in Revenge of the Sith. So I get that, that there's nods here and there. I feel like there was a little bit of unnecessary hate towards that kind of characteristic of Luke. I think that the, my only issue with Luke in The Last Jedi is the fact that it was a bit like... I mean, it's two different perspectives, obviously. The whole, was he going to kill Adam Drivers, Kylo Ren, was he going to kill him or not, in, in that sense. I mean, it, it's like, obviously, Ben Solo saw one side of, of it. Obviously, he's woke up and just sees like his uncle stood there with his lightsaber out and thinking, oh, God, what's going to happen here? Um, and obviously, you know, it's, it's a very twisted tale. And, and obviously, you can say for Snoke as well that he kind of was manipulating him anyway. So there's like tinkering going on there. So it is obviously from different viewpoints of that, but I still don't buy it that Luke would do, you know what I mean? That Luke could possibly even think that that was going to help the situation. If anything, he'd probably like just make things 10 times worse, you know what I mean? And then he could fully then maybe be corrupted and become a, a Sith Lord himself. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there, but it's such a shame because I feel like that The Last Jedi has got one of my favorite sequences in one in pretty much all of the Star Wars films. Every Star Wars film's got something I don't believe that there is an actual like lightsaber battle in The Last Jedi as well, which is what I really liked. It was like something different. There were a few characters characters in there as well, like Laura Dern's character in, in The Last Jedi that I just... like. I've, again, heard so many things about her character, you know, when it's like, you know, she, she plays Vice Admiral Emmeline Holdo. So many good points are made around her character that she's like really like against, obviously, Poe and, and wanting him to, I don't know, like step up almost. But in the same time, when he's there being like, what's the plan? Tell me the plan. What are we going to do? You know, the, the the First Order are on us. They're going to take the resistance down. Like, tell me what, what, what we're going to do kind of thing. And she just like doesn't say anything. So like, well, what do you expect this character to do? What do you expect Poe to do if he thinks that you're holding something back or that you're working with them or whatever? My God, like it just it just annoyed me. Like there's so many like things that happened in the Last Jedi that just do not make sense, or at least it's just another plot point to drive it forward. I will say though that Laura Dern's character does have a pretty badass like demise. Obviously, when she takes out the the the, the star star destroyer ship or whatever, when 
I remember seeing signs before when I went in. I saw this. I saw the last Jedi obviously a couple of times at the cinema. But the signs were being like, there is a moment in this film where all the sound and such cuts out, which can be quite disorientating. I was like, bloody hell! And then when you see it, it honestly is wow. Like I was like, that is incredible what they did for that. So green tick for that. But yeah, so like the, one of my favorite sequences of this of the last Jedi is the fact of Snoke Snoke's demise and that whole you know, team up between Kylo Ren and Rey taking down, obviously, those, like, guards that he had. Just incredible. Like, that was so unexpected. Obviously, people, I remember at the time when it was like, oh, it's the it's, it's a much bigger twist than, obviously, I am your father, which is never going to be. Don't say that. And you're just setting yourself up to fail, obviously. But it was so good. It was something that we hadn't seen in a Star Wars film before. You know, good guys and bad guys teaming up together to take down, obviously, the big villain of this granted obviously again that annoyed people because they were like i want to learn more about snoke or this that and the other and again that's where damage control comes in with rise of skywalker and they were like yeah you know snoke just a clone just a palpatine clone and do not for one like when jj was like yeah we planned to uh to bring palpatine back all along really is that the plan was that genuinely the plan I think you're talking rubbish, if I'm being completely honest. I think that, again, was kind of like, a, we've lost his big bad. What else can we do? All right, we'll bring Palpatine back. As much as I bloody love Palpatine, like, what a villain. And Ian, Ian McDermott's performance as Palpatine throughout, oh, my God, like, he is great, obviously. Like, he is such a good villain. And it's so it was it, it was great seeing him in The Rise of Skywalker. As much as I'm sat here clearly listen out all the things that went wrong with the sequel trilogy. There are still moments of just genuine brilliance. And Ian McDermott's performance as Palpatine obviously is 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 in that list of great just just fantastic moments in 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 the Rise of Skywalker. It was great to see him. I enjoyed it anyway to say as much as I was like why and how is he back? Like I, I don't get it. It was like bang Star Wars kicks in Rise of Skywalker the, the dead speak and I was like I, what do you mean Palpatine's back? Like, how? And that's literally it. It was like, somehow, Palpatine has returned. And just, as much as that annoyed me, um, or it just didn't make sense, I, I still think that Palpatine was always, he's always going to be fantastic to watch, isn't it? And again, Ian McDermott is responsible for one of my favourite scenes in the Star Wars prequel trilogy, which is the story of Darth Plagueis, which I think is just fantastic between him and Hayden Christensen. Really, really captivating scene. And it was like, I think JJ again was like, I like that scene a lot, so I'm going to use a line from it just to kind of explain how Palpatine came back and just kind of just blase it over. Um, it does feel a little bit like I am kind of just sat here, just like slagging off this sequel trilogy. Like, I don't mean to sound like that, because like I've said at the start, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Like, I love Star Wars, and I do like these films, you know, at some level in their own right. Like, I do enjoy... I do enjoy revisiting them. Like, just for example, the Sith planet Exegol in The Rise of Skywalker one of the most beautifully and, and, and captivating planets that I've seen, like, just looks amazing. Like, I, I loved Mustafar in, um, you know, for the birth of Darth Vader on in, in episode three, but I absolutely loved Exegol in this. Granted, I know it's got, like, all these crazy-ass death starships, whatever, like, just waiting to be used kind of thing. Uh, where did he build them? How did, how did he build them? Um, but, yeah, like, as much as all that is there, the use, the color, the the lightning. Oh, oh my god! Like everything, like the whole sequence of, you know, Adam Driver's Kylo Ren arriving there and walking towards the entrance, blasting out his lightsaber, and that effect of hearing Palpatine just, you know, saying, "I've been every voice inside your head." This, that, and the other. The build up to it, it just, and and even obviously that's where we finished the film. Obviously on Exegol kind of thing. I just think that it is such a great, great, great addition to the film. And and like I say, for me on a visual visual front. 
it just is stunning. Like it is so good. And so, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. I just, I wish that they could have done a little bit more with it. And I wish that in a way that they'd have revisited more of the older, oh, I say older, but more, more of the like other planets and such like Coruscant, for example. Like I know that was one of the plans for Colin Trevorrow's uh, last, um, his take on the third installment, which was going to be called Jewel of the Fates. Goes without saying, if you're a Star Wars fan, I'm sure you already know and have seen many, many different things about what was going to happen and what could have happened in this film um, if Colin Trevorrow was still linked to it, which is a bit of a shame because I thought there were some interesting, interesting approaches to it. One of the things that I felt that really could have worked um, for The Jewel of the Fates or even Rise of Skywalker is that there didn't have to necessarily be a, you know, reform from Kylo Ren. You know, granted, I know that they do, you know, he does change and he does come back to the light side and such. But, like, as a character, like, he's already kind of shown that there's no necessarily, there's no going back, um, which I would have felt that could have, they could have gone with that. They could have really ran with that. You know, after killing his dad, you know, he really, you know, he's, he's, he's you know, pure, like, dark side. Um, yes, there's those moments when he's kind of, like, leaning and, and going back to the light. Um, but I just feel that from what from what we got, did we need did we need him to come back, you know, to, to be a good guy? Could he have, I mean, maybe at the very, like at the very last minute, perhaps like kind of in a way. And this is the thing, like I know that they're trying, they were trying to go for something different with Kylo Ren as a villain and such. And like I said, Adam Driver's performance, oh, just, just amazing. Like so, so good. Like he, as I've already mentioned before, like him and Daisy Ridley are the real highlights of this, of this sequel trilogy. Many moments with Kylo Ren in this film, I think, are absolutely brilliant. Uh, say his his relationship and his like kind of tussle for power between obviously not only Snoke, but then you've got Hooks as well. Who Hooks was just again another character that started off as something. Well, I say started off as something. I don't even know if there was potential with Hooks. He just seemed to just scream and yell everything. Um, and then the whole twist of him being like, "I'm the spy in Rise of Skywalker." I think that again was kind of like a. Uh, like I said before about JJ kind of doing the fan plays and like reading people's tweets and stuff and just kind of like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll run with that. Um, so like there was a real like like shift and, and, and you know, especially after killing Snow for, for Kylo Ren, I, as I mentioned, incredible sequence, loved, loved that. And this idea of him being like, I am now like the big bad after taking Snow down. You know he's he's killed he's killed he's killed Han Solo sorry now he's killed Snoke he wanted Rey to join him she's turned him down like he, he, yes the you know he's always he's got he's got that kind of affection and, and wants that you know relationship or at least that um, team up for them both to to rule the galaxy together you know very Sith um, but did he have to reform in a way did he have to you know kind of come back to the light I, I get why they do that for for storytelling purposes but at the same time when i see stuff of like jewel of the fates and what colin trevorrow was going to do with 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 kylo ren like there was no going back for him like he was just the villain of the piece and you know i i guess from maybe a lucasfilm standpoint there's got to be some kind of like relation you know some some kind of audience relation to that character so I do feel like there's a lot of tussle there and, and I can see pros and cons for what they did with Kylo Ren, but I do find it quite an interesting concept that they were kind of going to run with him just being this just pure villain of the piece. You know, you see that battle at the end between him and Luke Skywalker, there's genuine hate there between Kylo Ren and Luke. And obviously I know that there's, there's obviously kind of a, a history there between them two, but when he's like shouting more, 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 like when they're shooting at, you know, the, obviously the projection of Luke, obviously he doesn't realize the projection at the time in the last Jedi. Like, I honestly didn't think there was any kind of going back for him. Like, especially when we meet him at the start of the rise of Skywalker when he's killing everyone on Mustafar, which just a quick note, why didn't they tell us that we were on Mustafar at the start of rise of Skywalker? It's another thing that just kind of was like, Oh, like, come on, you missed, you, I shouldn't have to go online and reads articles and books or whatever afterwards to understand a film 
that you've released. It just, oh, I just did my head in, but still, you know, when we meet him at the start of Rise of Skywalker, like, it does feel like he is, you know, he could go down that route of just being a, just a pure villain. There's no chance of him coming back to the light. I do, I, I, that's honestly such a great sequence at the start when he's, you know, going through all that, that, that kind of ashy wood area and just taking down all the kind of guards of, of Mustafar kind of thing. I think it was amazing. Great sequence and great choreographs for that as, as to as many, many aspects of this sequel trilogy. But I do feel like that, I can see the the arguments for and against of making him, you know, the good guy again or coming back to the light at the end. Uh, another thing that was kind of, again, um, a weird kind of tussle for power was should he wear a helmet or not? Because obviously in the first one he does, then he takes it off in The Last Jedi, destroys it in pure rage, and then JJ's like, I like the helmet, I want it to come back, so we're going to bring that back, guys. Um, and again, this is the whole problem with the sequel trilogy. There was just a constant like back and forth, and Kylo Ren, I think, does suffer from that as well. Obviously, a lot of characters suffer from that as well, different creative choices and such, but it's interesting. It could have been very different for him anyways, but hey, who am I to say? But, you know, we got what we did, and like I say, I do feel that the problem with The Rise of Skywalker is that it was too much damage control, but also a little bit like too much of an end game feel. Like They were like, let's try and get like as big as that, really. Let's try and let's try and peak and just make it as big as Endgame. You know, when you've got, like, lines which do feel like they're very similar, like when, um, you know, Palpatine's like, I am all the Sith, and Rey's like, and I am all the Jedi. I love the cameos as well. They're hearing the different voices, Hayden Christensen, you know, Liam Neeson, Samuel Jackson, this, that, and the other, even, obviously, Hugh McGregor, which I am so excited for seeing Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series, of course, but hearing all of those guys was great. But when she's like, and I am all the Jedi... I was just like, was she going to turn around and be like, and I am Iron Man? <laughs> like, it just felt, this is what I mean, it just felt too much, too similar. And I could sit here and, you know, go over, like, the whole kiss between Adam Driver and, and, and Daisy Ridley, this, that, and the other. But, yeah, like, I, whatever, I'm fine, well, just, just, just do whatever. Um, but like I've said, there are things in this trilogy that I genuinely do really enjoy. Like I say, I love the Starkiller base, obviously, in, in The Force Awakens and The Snow, sorry. I thought that was so much fun. And it kind of teased me to, to think that we were going to get a couple of Jedis maybe trained, obviously, when Finn picks up the lightsaber initially and has the battle with Kylo Ren. And, and like those nods as well of like of law, you know, like when Kylo Ren's been shot um, after killing Han Solo, which was a major shock. Like I thought, again, it was so well handled. And this is the thing, like that scene in contrast with the scene of, you know, the scene of Adam Driver and, 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 and Harrison Ford in The Force Awakens and then the scene between Adam Driver and Harrison Ford in The Rise of Skywalker. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Some of the best acting in the entire in the entire saga, or even especially the sequel trilogy, you know, absolutely wonderful. But like, for example, when he gets shot afterwards, when Chewie, I think I think it's Chewie that shoots him, uh, if I'm if I'm mistaken there. Um, after he kills Harrison Ford, uh, Han Solo, you know, like when he finds Finn again and he's like traitor, and then starts hitting his where he's just been shot. It's that that idea again of like. Pain leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. It's that that Sith again within him. And I know that obviously it's not technically a Sith, although, you know, just renamed it a little bit, rebranded it, da-da-da. But I like that kind of touch to it, because it was like, oh, yeah, that's just just something that I enjoyed. They said the whole sequence, to say, of, of you know, the build-up as well of, of what looks to be the fall of Finn and then Ray picking up the lightsaber using the Force, and it's like, whoa, where did that come from kind of thing? It just was leading us onto such a fun and exciting trajectory that I just think that it just went boof, like just so downhill, like rather quickly. I think that as much as I had issues with The Last Jedi, I still enjoyed it. Like I still came out being like, okay, 
I'm very interested to see where they go with it. And then the Rise of Skywalker just kind of undid everything. It was like someone had knitted out a really nice jumper and someone had just grabbed it and just unthreaded it all, being like, nah, sod it, we're not having any of this. It's rubbish. Um, it was just a great shame because I feel like the trilogy had such a huge potential. The sequel trilogy, it's got moments of magic and wonder in Star Wars and then it's got moments of what on earth have you done <laughs> to this franchise? Um, which is a shame. But like I said, there are so many moments in this in the saga that are fantastic and, you know, you know, the performances from Daisy Ridley, as I've already mentioned, I, I, I thought they were absolutely great. I know a few people had a few issues with her in, you know, the, the second one in particular, but I don't know, like, she really did nail this performance of, of this this very, like, say, complex character and learning that heritage as well of, like, being a Palpatine, which... Urgh. Anyways, but, like, that sequence in The Rise of Skywalker, again, when she lets out the the electric, uh, you know, shot from her hand and, and obviously thinks she's killed Chewbacca on, on, the, on the ship that they're trying to pull down kind of thing, her and Kylo Ren, you know, it, it was great. It was a shock. It was, like, a genuine, like, whoa, like, oh, holy, how, how have you pulled that one off kind of thing? But I just don't think it needed to go down that route of being, like, a Palpatine. She could have been a nobody that somehow would, like, Got a bit of both, you know, the gray, the, a gray Jedi or something where she's got a bit of dark and a bit of, you know, you've like, like, you know, maybe Luke could have trained that, you know, you, there has to be a line, a very fine line, but, you know, because Luke in, in, in Return of the Jedi wore a lot of black, looked like he'd gone to the dark side himself. And I think that if he'd have carried that on a little bit, like, and just being like, right, you, you can be good, but at the same time, you have to know when to like, not be too nice or too good and and obviously can lead you down to like a naivety kind of thing i don't know like i again i'm only speaking from 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 what i feel about it i just i i, I love the star wars films as they are i loved the sequel trilogy to, to an extent like i said the first one in particular it was really good and then the second one again didn't mind a few different like i said the the snoke killing was like whoa we didn't see that coming thought it was really good really great twist and, and like i don't think anyone would have seen that one come in but there are moments in, in The Last Jedi and obviously The Rise of Skywalker that just are really, really... Like, I mentioned just earlier about Finn. Like, I, I, I again, what it just turned him into this character yelling Ray all the time. Like, I, I've, you know, he had no reason to be at some of the part, some of the parts and places that he was in, in especially The Rise of Skywalker anyway. It's like, yeah, keep them all together, keep the band together kind of thing. But, you know, when she's battling Kylo Ren on, you know, the Death Stars, you know, rubble, if you know, when the, the water crashing quick note as well i loved that kind of contrast of you know having obi-wan and anakin fight on mustafa which is surrounded by lava and and obviously you know the, the the fire and such of like the sith and then you've got the water and the blue and the light side of the fight between ray and 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 kylo ren which obviously does lead to kylo ren becoming turning back to light after leia sacrifices herself to you know kind of bring him home kind of thing loved that it's just that when you've got characters in the background you're shouting ray 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 i'm like just shut up like what are you doing um poorly executed in in, in is the only way i could say for most of it is that like great ideas poorly executed too many cooks as well you know just kind of like one idea here one idea there and, and just seeing how it was fit they should have got one guy in maybe even just JJ if JJ was going to do if JJ did the first one and obviously did the last one I know he didn't know he was going to do the last one maybe just give him the whole lot just see what he can do with it because I think he had an idea of what he wanted to do and he kind of set it up so that Rian could come in for The Last Jedi but I think Rian as a, as a creator as well He'd have, he's got every right to be like, you know what, I'm not going to follow the the suit and follow what people expect me to do. I know Star Wars as well because he's a massive fan of Star Wars. It's not like he was just a nobody that just was like, oh, I'll do it. You know, he's a massive fan. He's got so much knowledge about the actual lore and such that 
yeah, he's in his own right has come in and been like, yeah, I'm going to do something different. And people didn't like it. People really didn't like it. But out of the, you know, like I said, because of the rise of Skywalker and, and, the, and the flaws that I have with it, as much as I think it's, it is a great big blockbuster and a, a, you know, a good sci-fi film, it just doesn't follow suit with what they were going for, especially in The Last Jedi. That I think that if they had just like had the balls a little bit to go, you know what? Let's carry that on. Raise a nobody. The force doesn't have to be. You don't have to be a special sperm or anything to have the, to, to have the force. Like I, I like the little touch at the end of the Last Jedi when you've got that just that kids, you know, with the broom and just like use the force. And it's like oh, so anyone can have it. It doesn't. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be like you don't have to constantly be born with you know uh, from some kind of like major heritage to have the force and. I just think it kind of got lost in itself, did the Star Wars sequel trilogy. As much as I say there's moments that I absolutely adore, like I said, I, could, I, I, I feel like I need to kind of like counter what I've been saying and be like, right, I did enjoy these films to, for what they were kind of thing. I say Palpatine being back, as much as that was like a weird like U-turn almost, um, you know, having him back and that the final sequence, I loved the, the Kylo Ren, Rey again, fighting together against the Knights of Ren, which again did feel like they were kind of shoved in because we wanted to see them. Um, after being teased for so long of what they were, I just think that yeah, it just they, they kind of lost themselves a little bit. But I, I would definitely say that I I I all you know I, I've got no issues in watching these films. I have no issue watching them. I just kind of sit there like I do with the prequel trilogy and just sit there going, mm, that's a shame, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, I think I, I I've tried to cover as much as I can about it. I may have missed a few things that that about the 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 sequel trilogy, but you know the main thing for me is is that like I love Star Wars. I will always you know you know any opportunity to watch them you know kind of thing. I don't mind watching them. They have their flaws as many films do. It's just that the problem is when you've got such a fan base that's so big and at times can be very toxic. It is difficult to please everyone. I get that, and I'm I'm just kind of sitting here from a from a kid as a, you know this this guy that was a huge fan of the Star Wars you know films growing up, loved them, still do love them. I just I just like to see light, lightsabers and and just stormtroopers and stuff like just give me that, and I'm probably going to be quite happy. Um, I think there's some excellent moments in these films. I just think that unfortunately that because of the back and forth, pulling to and fro, it was kind of like, it was a bit of a lost cause. Uh, and you look at films like Rogue One, which is probably the greatest, well, not, I was going to say one of the greatest Star Wars films. It is a fantastic Star Wars film, but like it is the best Disney film that they've done, like Star Wars-wise anyway. So, you know, learn from Rogue One. And I can imagine there were some problems behind the scenes there as well, because it does seem like that there's some, there's always someone that's kind of overseeing it, kind of not having that full creative, giving the director and, and such uh, creative control. That's just what I think about it anyways. It's just a shame that the sequel trilogy did, um, yeah, just, just did what just did that really just kind of hit and miss love the force awakens like the last Jedi. I don't mind the rise of Skywalker. I just think that there's too much damage control, too much mess, um yeah just very very under underwhelming to be honest with you the last one uh, as much as i enjoy exegol and think it's fantastic you know planet and that um yeah just a bit of a shame but that's my thoughts on the sequel trilogy anyways of star wars like i say i probably ruined my podcast now and people are just going to not even listen to me anymore and think this guy doesn't know what he's talking about i'm not having this uh next up though i think the next podcast probably will end up being the spider-man one so i am very excited to check that out in it's uh, in all it's two hour and 30 glory fingers crossed that can live up to huge expectations my expectations are massive for spider-man so yeah really looking forward to that but as always do check out the facebook page joe blogs about films really do appreciate you guys listening to this podcast episode about star wars a sequel trilogy i'll be back before you know it but until then take care <laughs>